up witches welcome to my show i am super excited to announce the launch of my official patreon account by supporting me if you love my show or enjoying sup witches you can have the chance to become an active participant in my creative process as a member you receive exclusive content community access behind the scenes updates and the pride of fueling work that matters to all of the witches community from the most basic level as a basic witch all the way up to an enlightened master. I give you different opportunities to work with me one-on-one -on -one and become more intimate in the sub witches community. I will link the content in the show notes to check out my Patreon account and I hope you will consider supporting the show. Have a wicked day. What's up, witches? Welcome to my show. My name is Lauren Coletti. Thank you for joining me. Happy Sunday here from New York. I don't know where everyone else is listening. I don't know what day you're listening, but I am super grateful and very happy to have you here with me. Today, we are going to be talking about a listener question. I will not be reading the entire question because it is super long, but it basically asks if you can be friends with an ex. Of course, I do not have the final say in this, but I will just be sharing my experience and my opinion, as well as talking about relationship triggers, trauma triggers, and triggers in mental health, all that good stuff. So continue to send me your listener questions as I do have a new segment called the question of the day, where once a week I will be addressing a listener question. You can send them to me through a voice memo via Anchor, or you can DM me on Instagram at SUP, which is podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this show, please like, rate, subscribe, and or share, and I will talk to you in a minute. So one of my beautiful listeners, and I want to thank y'all for continuing to enjoy and support the show. I am over 3,000 listeners. I am so stoked about it. I love each and every single one of you, and I hope you take as much value from the show as I take. I'm recording this today. I originally wasn't planning on doing a podcast, but I've honestly been feeling not great lately. I think I'm getting the quarantine blues, which my next episode will be all about mental health during COVID-19 and how to try to stay stable uh, during this time, because I'm definitely struggling, especially in the winter right now. But podcasting, honestly, is so cathartic and therapeutic for me that I figured, fuck it, I'm going to record and hopefully that will get me out of this little funk. So if anyone else is feeling super unmotivated right now, I'm right there with you. We are in this together. We will get through this. So one of my listeners posed the question of basically she just got out of a relationship. Uh, she broke up with her boyfriend who was abusive to her. And she said that he keeps pressuring her to be friends. And I could do a whole episode in itself about breakups with a narcissist. I do have a podcast titled Breaking Up with a Narcissist that I recorded back in the fall, if you want to check that out. Because breakups alone are very complicated, but a relationship or a breakup with a narcissist sociopath, someone that's abusive, is a million times more complex due to all the mixed emotions and safety precautions that need to be put into place. But essentially, this person said they were in a toxic relationship and their dysfunctional, unhealthy ex keeps suggesting that they stay friends. What do I think of this? 
first of all, I think the categories of can you be friends with your ex versus can you be friends with an abusive ex is completely separate. They're two kind of opposite sides of the spectrum, but they do kind of share a few similarities. So in this specific case, a friendship with a abusive ex is definitely not a good idea whatsoever. If the person is toxic or violent in any way, shape or form, when you break up, they will continue to try to manipulate and gaslight you because they need that narcissistic supply. You are a source of pride for them. And I understand wanting to stay friends with an abusive ex. For me in particular, with my one ex, we broke up and got back together multiple times. And I just want to say, honestly, from a personal and observational standpoint, people that break up and get back together, it usually never ends in marriage and a white picket fence. You know, uh, if you've broken up once or twice, I'm going to say that it's probably not a healthy relationship, honestly. And I could be completely wrong, but just from, I've had several relationships where we break up and get back together and I understand the dynamics of it. It's super hot and heavy breaking up. You miss them. So it's just easier to get back together, but that cycle in itself and that like cyclic cyclic pattern of, oh, I hate you. Don't leave me. I miss you. Let's get back together. Let's fucking make up. Very dysfunctional. And the reason that we are in that type of pattern is because it becomes very addictive. That dopamine and serotonin rush, when you break up, you lose all of those feel-good oxytocin chemicals. And then when you get back together, it's really like taking a hit. Um, it's a drug and it becomes psychologically and physiologically addicting. So the only way to end that pattern is to break it for good. And all in all, I will try to do a entire episode on this, but a narcissist needs you for supply. You are They are energetic vampires. Um, they will suck the life out of you. And it's most likely that if you stay quote unquote friends with your ex, they will continue to verbally and emotionally abuse you. They will continue to have psychological control over you and they will most likely just use you for their needs. Now, it's kind of a two-way street, right? We're in a subconscious, unconscious manner also using them. And I don't mean this to make it sound like you're the problem or it's your fault. There's no guilt or shame attached to this whatsoever. But I know personally, I was also using my ex to make me feel good because when I was with him, I just felt more comfortable and it was a codependent, small, fearful child part of me that thought I needed him in my life to survive. And it is just not healthy. So I'd really suggest working with a narcissistic abuse recovery coach getting a therapist or a dating coach who specializes and concentrates on breakups because breakups feel very like breaking an addiction. It feels like you're trying to get sober and it is a recovery because it's physically painful. When we break up with someone, we miss someone, we lose someone. There's that aspect of grief and loss and it could be extremely triggering especially if you had early childhood adverse situations that were traumatic. So it brings up all that stuff and you can easily become emotionally flooded from a psychological standpoint. And we know that physical and emotional pain go hand in hand. Emotional, mental pain 
really triggers the same parts of our brain as does physical pain, except we can't see it. It's not tangible. So we just feel like we're going crazy and it is extremely hard. So my heart goes out to you, girl. I have broken up with a narcissist and he wanted to stay friends, but I found that honestly, it was basically like we were dating and I was getting strung along and he was fucking other girls and I was still committed to him. I had a little seed of hope planted in the back of my mind that we would fix things and get back together. But sometimes we have to stop watering a dead plant. I love that saying, please stop watering the dead plant of your ex because we all know what happens when we stay friends with an ex that we're still in love with more likely than not one person is still not over the other so you guys keep fucking and you're basically friends with benefits with no commitment um no emotional official attachment so one person in the back of their mind is like oh i still love them and the other person is just using you um for whatever physically sexually emotionally being friends with an ex on the opposite side where i have experienced i'm still I wouldn't say friends, but acquaintances with some ex. It is possible, definitely, obviously, if they're not abusive, but if your intentions are pure. So this includes civility, if there's any unresolved romantic desires, practicality, i.e. working together, going to school together, sharing mutual friends, and security. So science does indeed say, yes, it is possible. Is it a good idea? Well, if you have you know, friends and family that talk about your ex, that see your ex, if they're still in your life logistically, then we have to look at our options here. Staying friends with your ex for the sake of social harmony, it's a noble goal, but if it's your only reason for maintaining the friendship, it could be very problematic. Being in contact with your ex could interfere with your ability to do just that. So in most cases, I would say no, it's not worth it to be friends with an ex for your own mental sake. If there's any sort of hidden feelings or anything else along those lines, you need to stay away. Breakups in themselves are tough enough to deal with without having to fall out um, with your friends too. So having to share friends with your ex if they're in your circle is far from ideal, but it's also not the end of the world because good friends should still have your back even without cutting off your ex. So there's so many components that go into it because exes can fall in love again. Um, In most cases, it's totally possible to fall back in love with someone you used to date. It is hard to move on from an ex if you were quote unquote in love with them because they were such a big part of your life. So it's totally normal, I would say, to honor the relationship, but there's a few things you have to ask yourself before deciding. So one, why do you want to be friends with your ex? Why would exes want to stay friends? One of the main reasons some ex-partners remain friends is purely because they have sex whenever they want to. So if you have an available source of sex um, with no pesky commitment rules or nuances, then okay, go for it. But you're both essentially using each other, as I stated previously. So let me give you a quick example. One of my friends my exes that I would say I'm quote unquote friends with. We worked together and we shared the same friend group and I would still have to see him at parties and such. So I decided I wanted to be civil with him 
friendly. If I saw him, you know, I spent a part of my life with him. So he was important to me because I never was under the umbrella of hating my exes. I really don't like to have any hard feelings towards anyone whatsoever. Um, I don't like holding grudges. I don't like being resentful. So I try to truly forgive every single person in my life that was ever in my life. I never understood the hating an ex. Of course, if they hurt you, if they betrayed you, that's one thing. Um, but they did play part in your life. And at one point you did like them or even love them. So I decided I wanted to be friendly with this person. I was going to have to see him. So fuck it. Why not? But at the same time, I have zero romantic feelings for him whatsoever. Um, Yeah, maybe if you find each other attractive, that could also be tempting, especially if you're in another relationship and you're still seeing your ex. It could be very tempting to hook up with your ex. So I would say if you are 100% moved on, go for it. But I would give it time. The next and final example I'm going to give because I want to get on to my next subject um, is recently last year during this time I broke up with my ex-boyfriend and we were like, oh, let's be friends. So we were hanging out. We were literally seeing each other the same way we were when we were going out and we were hooking up. So I was, yes, attracted to him sexually. Uh, I thought he was physically attractive. So after a while, I was like, you know what? The only reason I'm seeing him and being friends is because I still want to have him in my life. And that's understandable, right? It hurts to let someone go completely. It hurts to just care about someone, then one day wake up and never have to see them again and kind of be forced to cut them off, so to speak. So it's easier to down, uh, to digress from relationship to friendship. But at the same time, it's kind of a protective mechanism to keep your heart safe because you know that they're there. Um, You want to check up on them. So you each kind of want to see if there's room for each other to weasel their way back into your life. Um, So keep that in mind. That was at least the case for me and my ex. We were texting, calling, and we both still had feelings for each other. And it was kind of selfish on both of our parts because it's like, I don't want you to be with me, but I don't want you to be with anyone else either. And I'm sure everyone can feel that way where if you've ever broken up with someone, it's like, I don't want you, but I don't want anyone else to have you. And being a good person, we have to realize that we have to let this person live their life and move on because I understand why I understand that mindset. But at the same time, if someone's not right for you, then let them go so that they could be with the right person. That if they couldn't make you happy, they can make someone else happy. And it takes time and it takes discipline. And for me, it took a lot of therapy. But after a while, I was just like, you know what? Let's call him Jared. You know what, Jared? I realized that this isn't healthy. This isn't serving me. And I think we should take a few months to completely separate ourselves, to go no contact. And if we'd like to still be friends, after a few months, we can reconvene. So in March, we broke up for good. And then, you know, a month passed by, he got a new girlfriend. So I was like, fuck this guy. I don't want to be his friend. But it really, in the end, was for the best. After you break up, there's so many mixed emotions and feelings involved. And feelings can kind of give us rose-colored glasses. 
things get blurred, boundaries get blurred. So you need to have established boundaries in place. You need to be communicating at all times and take some time apart. I would say a solid three months is good enough to clear the air and come back into reality. Um, And then you can decide from there if you wanna be friends. What does this mean being friends? And allow yourself to move on because when we're just going back to something that historically brought us pain, we're just going back there for comfort or so we don't have to face what we're truly feeling, which maybe is heartbreak, then it keeps putting it off. But in the end, you're going to have to deal with it either way. So that's my take on can you be friends with an ex? Obviously, I think everything's situational. It all depends. But I would say talk to your friends, talk to your family, see what they think, get an outside perspective. This is why therapy is so helpful because it gives you an objective opinion Um, and tune inward. Deal with those feelings that maybe are uncomfortable to feel. Consider your options, journal it out, take care of you, and then listen to your intuition so that you can ultimately make the best decision for yourself and your relationships moving forward. All right, so let's talk about triggers. The reason why I want to talk about triggers is because last night I was hella triggered out of nowhere. It was super sporadic and random. Honestly, um, if anyone doesn't know, if it's your first time, I'm a survivor of domestic violence. A relationship a few years ago, I was super young, 21, 22, kind of into 23. And I almost lost my life in this relationship. Um, so yeah, along with that comes triggers. A trauma trigger is a psychological stimulus that it prompts recall of a previous traumatic experience and the stimulus itself need not be frightening or traumatic. Um, it may only be indirectly or superficially reminiscent of an earlier traumatic incident, like a scent, a piece of clothing, music, a song perhaps. So I know people throw the word triggered around a lot these days. It's sort of um, sarcastically or jokingly used, like hashtag triggered. Um, I do it too. I'm no saint. But this is kind of serious stuff. And I understand life doesn't come with a trigger warning. That's a whole nother episode in itself. Um, But a trigger in mental health, especially last night, which I'll go into in terms of mental health, obviously this affects your emotional state often significantly. So feeling extreme overwhelm or distress. This in relationships affects your ability to remain present in the moment because it may bring up specific thought patterns or influence your behavior. So last night I was watching like 911. Uh, My mom had it on the TV and I was with Nick, my boyfriend. And a 911 call came, by the way, trigger warning. Um, A 911 call came in and it was a woman calling pretending to order a pizza because her boyfriend had a gun he was on the couch and he was irritable and violence ensued and he basically like held her against the wall and choked her and oh boy i was not expecting to be triggered i'm getting a little triggered right now just talking about it because it's been what 2017 into the better half of 2018 so it's been like three years out completely out of this relationship, no contact with my ex. And I've seen some triggering stuff. You know, I watched 13 Reasons Why. I've watched movies and music and things like that. And it hasn't really been an issue. So when I saw this and I got seemingly triggered out of nowhere, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, It was definitely a surprise. So I went into the bathroom really quick. I like got up, ran into the bathroom, I was shaking. I had a visceral response where 
my body was reacting physically. I was shaking and I started crying and, ooh, deep breaths, deep breaths. Um, so I had to take a minute and I'm glad I did that. I had to take care of myself and set a boundary for myself. Here comes Kat. <laughs> and then when I felt ready, when I felt a little bit calm and stable, I went back and obviously the scene was over. But I was sitting on the couch with Nick and I was like, babe, like I got so triggered. I had to like, that really bothered me. And in a way, I kind of felt ashamed that it bothered me. And so, so much like shame comes into being triggered if you have a traumatic history. Because um, it was just, it's something, I think we get triggered because we haven't fully processed it. And it doesn't mean that we're not strong it doesn't mean that we're weak in any way or it's a personal flaw. It just means like our brain is so complex and it takes a lot of time to heal and to fully process something. So for example, if you were yelled at as a child and you attach being yelled at to fear, you might get triggered as an adult when you hear someone nearby yelling. And in a relationship specifically, this is even more complicated because our partners, if they love us, you know, they will try to not trigger us. They will educate themselves and be aware and considerate of our triggers. But people are human. So sometimes they could do things that bother us and they don't mean to. So one, we have to learn our triggers and teach our partners our triggers as we learn them. Two, we have to pay attention to that critical inner voice. And three, I would say, if you haven't already, go to therapy so that you can make these connections to the past and sit with those feelings. And through practice and time, we can take control and learn how to have collaborative communication with our partners to be in a healthy relationship so that we're not continuously getting triggered. So we definitely need to work through our past hurts so that they don't affect our present relationship. Becoming aware of how we react and what triggers us and the story that we have in our head about our partner, perhaps maybe they did something that bothered or triggered us and we got really upset at them. We have to take accountability on our end and also make sure that our partner takes responsibility on their end so that we can healthfully acknowledge what's true and what is just triggering us emotionally or even physically. So I know recently Nick and I got into a, talked about it an episode or two ago, a disagreement, a conflict where I was triggered. Something sexual happened and he didn't mean any harm by it, but I got really triggered and I got really angry at him. And the pain of not being heard or violated, lied to, criticized, betrayed, these are all examples of experiences, interpersonal experiences, typically in relationship from our past that become sensitivities that we bring into our present relationships. And we become vigilant to these uh, behaviors in others. And it only takes a hint of them to cause sometimes a severe emotional reaction. So by knowing ourselves, we can recognize when our hot button gets hit. Learn to recognize what pushes your buttons so that we can become better equipped to deal with these emotional triggers. Because when we're in a relationship with another person, not all the time, but we're often going to get triggered. But we have to learn how to stop feeling triggered by our partner. Of course, 
there is an aspect of we have to get comfortable with these uncomfortable feelings. But if left unsolved, emotional triggers can wreck our relationship. And if our partner is kind of careless, they don't take the time to have compassion or empathize or really care about our triggers, or they joke and laugh it off, or they make fun of us, they make us feel bad for it, baby, that is not the right person to be with. I'm telling you now, the person that cares about you will love your wounds. They will try to tend to your wounds and they will try to make sure that they do not wound you even further. So this is something I just wanted to touch on very quickly today. If you want me to elaborate on this, like specific uh, relationship triggers that happen most often in relationships and how to deal with them, please let me know and I will um, unravel this even further because I'm just kind of covering the surface with this. Uh, We aren't even starting to get into the nitty gritty. But just something to keep in mind if you are dating someone that has um, had a traumatic past or a traumatic event in your past, just keep this in mind. Um, Definitely something to consider when being in a overall healthy and satisfying relationship because you deserve to be happy and your relationships also deserve to bring you joy and make you feel more good than bad, for sure. If your relationship is bringing you down more than it's lifting it up, just reconsider and trust yourself because ultimately we always have the answers within within each and every single one of us ultimately so i hope that this sheds some light perhaps it resonated with you in some way shape or form i thank you very much for listening and i hope you have a very great week coming up i don't have much going on this week but i'm going to try to do one thing a day that makes me feel good and i would highly suggest you doing this as well because we don't have to look at the whole picture we just have to take it each moment, each breath, each step at a time. All right. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm sending you so much love and light, and I hope you have a very wicked day. Take care.